All right, everyone, welcome back to the NPod, Essential News Discussion Podcast. My name is Jose. I'm Sterling. And I'm Everett. And as always, we're here to discuss the news. The Essential News Discussion Podcast, or NPod, can be found on NPod.com, where you can stream episodes from our website. You can also find us on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you like to get your podcasts from. You can message Essential News Discussion via social media, contact us through our website, EssentialNewsDiscussion.com, or email us directly at SterlingB at EssentialNewsDiscussion.com. And here's Sterling with the rundown. Perfect. So we're going to talk about a few things today. The first thing we'll talk about is the vice presidential debate. We'll give our opinion on that. Um, We're going to go off a little off topic as far as what's uh, in the news currently versus what we think should be in the news. And that's going to be the war on drugs. Uh, We're going to talk about some presidential positive aspects of each candidate because between the three of us, we do have positives for each of them. And we'll also talk about uh, gentrification and uh, how that can help and or hurt Uh, the communities that are being gentrified. So um, some interesting topics, some of them not necessarily as uh, relevant, but, um, you know, we're going to have to talk about some things once the uh, presidential election happens. So we're going to try to start mixing those things up now. Great idea. Yeah, we uh, eventually uh, we're we're very uh, politics uh, heavy right now. But we're diverse. But we're diverse, of course. (laughs) But that's going to change soon here after this election. We're going to have, you know, Four more years to worry about who versus who. I mean, we, we can talk about midterms that would be coming up sooner than the than the next presidential election. But for the most part, we are going to be leaning off to, uh, politics a little bit after this election is over. So we got to start uh, transitioning to, to other uh, topics. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Kind of like so, Bill Burr, SNL. <laughs> there you Killed go. Killed it. Nice segue. Um, yeah, that's, that's a good topic for the Yam podcast Ooh, whenever nice. that comes out. Well, I will say that uh, Yame has been updated on EssentialNewsDiscussion.com slash entertainment, and it's been updated with a very beautiful logo. I describe it to you, but it, it does it much much more justice to be viewed. So uh, feel free to check that out. You could also find uh, that information on Twitter directly, uh, Yame, which is Y underscore A underscore I underscore A underscore M underscore. Your right. art is a mirror. There you go. I think you did that better than... Me or Stur- or uh, Everett have in the last couple of weeks. Well, thank you. I, I, been I, I've been practicing. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, well, with that, a mirror. Yeah. And maybe if we have some time at the end, we could talk a little bit more about Bill Burr. That was pretty interesting. I watched it uh, not too long ago. Yeah, there, there looks like there might be some room for some freestyle topics at the end. But to kick it off, let's start with the vice presidential debate. I, for one, uh, actually enjoyed this debate a lot more than the presidential one. Um, and 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 for the reason that both sides were pretty competitive. They both. That's true. Uh, pretty much stated their their platforms uh, for for each campaign and, and people that were actually people that were on the fence because I already you know as, as someone who's very interested in politics and follows this personally and both uh, for this podcast as well I was already aware of, of, of where each candidate stood but I think for for people that were in the middle the the, the main people that that would uh, this would benefit uh, as far as capturing votes one way or another I think they learned a lot about each each platform through this debate things that they didn't learn on the other one. The other one was just mostly entertainment. 100% and, and entertainment I be, before. I, I got to be honest, in my opinion, it felt kind of like this may be who is actually running the country to a larger extent in the next four years. That's what it kind of felt like. like. This is the, you know they say the calm before the storm? I think this was more the calm behind the storm yep. because both candidates have their uh, chaotic elements and it's nice to know that behind uh, each of those candidates is someone that's a little bit more responsive and prepared in my opinion. You know what, a grounded? Big, 
uh, yeah, grounded. Thank a, you. A big thing to me too is you can obviously tell that Joe Biden and oh, um, Trump hate each other, and I feel like Pence and Kamala Harris actually like each other behind the scenes a little bit, like a mutual respect, so to speak. I see that from the standpoint of them both being in politics and um, mm-hmm. understanding the game more. So I, if you I, I wouldn't say liking each other is the right word. More, more like respect each other. I, Everett said that. Respect, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but, but I like the way Jose said it better. Like, like's the wrong word. They don't like sure, it. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's talk about something interesting we learned from the vice presidential debate. It Could wouldn't be, be a it, discussion if I agreed with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everett, I disagree, but let me just reword what you said. Yeah. Let's say. Well, because well, he said it so soft. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually my thing. Um, let's go through and say something interesting we learned from uh, the vice presidential debate, and then eventually we'll talk about who we thought uh, won the debate and why. But um, Everett, what do you? How do you want to start? What was something that you saw in the debate that you thought hmm, that was interesting to me? And if you want to defer, I don't mind going first too. I'm trying to think of something that that really stood out to me as far as like new information, so to speak. And I, I really can't think of anything too much. Uh, I kind of knew where they both stood to begin with, maybe because. Uh, I read I researched too much before the debate, debate actually took place. They did a good job of avoiding uh, some of the questions that were unanswered. So, uh-huh. for example, uh, Kamala Harris didn't bring up the uh, packed courts, and then um, Pence didn't um, acknowledge the Roe v. Wade aspect from uh, Judge Amy Bryant. But what he did say was that he was unapologetic about his personal stances on abortion. So it kind of seemed like he was. Um, answering the question, but they both really took turns not answering the questions that they didn't want to. So I'm going to hijack and, uh, because you said there wasn't too much that you, um, you learned, uh, in the debate because you'd done your research prior. The thing that I learned during the debate was, um, and this is maybe tips my hand into what I thought the end result was. But, uh, when, uh, Mike Pence brought up that Trump's tax plan saved, I think the, uh, median American family, $5,000, uh, was it 2000? 2000, sorry, uh, $2,000 in, uh, tax obligations, uh, under the Trump tax cut. I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty informative. Um, but Kamala Harris said that that wasn't the case. And in that particular situation, I'm going to argue on the side of the person who was part of the administration that passed the policy and has the data to analyze as opposed to the person who is running on the opposing platform. And that's just my personal opinion. I'm going to try to be fair in this. Um, There's things that I don't like about uh, Kamala Harris, and there are aspects about my conservatism that are more left-leaning. So I feel like I try to view both candidates independently and look at what they say. But I think Kamala Harris saying that Pence was wrong about the Trump plan that he was much more active and involved in uh, was a misstep, in my opinion. I, I agree. I mean, if uh, you're you're debating, right? This is a debate. You can't just say you're wrong and not say why he's wrong. Mm-hmm. She she had to have presented data that that said otherwise, and she didn't. She just said you're wrong, and that was it. You know. Yep, I agree. I, I kind of argue on both sides though because I don't have any data that supports what he said either. I just know that he said it during the debate. Well, usually, I mean, if someone gives data to support their point. We have to assume, or you don't have to, but I choose to assume that the data they give is true. If somebody says the data they're giving is not true, then you should have to provide the accurate data. It doesn't make sense that you could just say, no, you're wrong, and then not provide the accurate information, because otherwise, you know, I think your argument is less valid if you're just 
you know, don't tell me I'm wrong. Prove me wrong. Yeah, I, there you go. I think that's a much better way of saying it. Thank you. But I, is it a bait? They're trying to convince me that he's right also. I'm right, just, but, I'm but saying, how do you I'm convince saying, somebody without saying, the statistics or information? What I'm saying is from my from watching the debate, that's my only criticism of all political debates, right? So I'm watching it. They're talking so fast. I can't research every topic. And you just tell me something that you say you did without me being able to research it is just as inaccurate as somebody saying you didn't do it. So I watch it. I'm like, okay, well, sure. All right, whatever. You know, it's funny. I can't think of any other statistic that was given during the debate. Is there anything else that comes to mind from a numerical really. value standpoint? Yeah, there wasn't anything that I recalled. Um, but they did get to the issues. A lot of it was uh, the healthcare stuff, you know, right. Obamacare. Um, like you said, nothing that can be measured, but but a lot of policy was discussed. Yeah. Um, personally, what do you guys think about the healthcare aspect? Um, I, I'm kind of torn on it. I understand she's, both She's sides. accusing them of, of wanting to get rid of Obamacare. If they wanted to do a, get rid of Obamacare, it would have already been done. They've been in office going on four years. I mean, they did say they want to get rid of Obamacare. They want to get rid of parts of it. They they, they think it was... It was uh, that's not what he said at the thing. He said no, it was, he, he completely said, said, he said he, it was a complete disaster. It was a complete disaster, and that's why parts of it are going to be saved, the parts that were good. But just because it's a complete disaster doesn't mean that there weren't positive parts to it. And those positive parts, like the pre-existing conditions, they do intend on keeping. And it is 100% part of their platform, even though she wants, she wanted to make her her her, uh, her viewers and her followers think otherwise. This was one of the... I don't know the they, they've already changed aspects of Obamacare since they've taken office, and they haven't gotten rid of the pre-existing conditions. They could have done it at any time. And they I, haven't. I agree with Jose, but this could be one of those things because whenever you have a two-term president, everybody argues that the things that they really want to get done are reserved for their second term right. because they don't have to worry about a re-election. And on this particular issue, I kind of lean more towards Everett as someone who has mixed feelings on healthcare in general. And I think Pence just didn't want to alienate anybody who might be hoping to get the healthcare aspects associated mm -hmm. with Obamacare. But um, he didn't really say anything that convinced me that they were going to do it. And then at the same time, he did say things that they, you know, that supported they weren't going to be getting rid of everything. So it's just a matter of what you choose to believe. If, if this situation. was the first time that was brought up, I would side with you. But they've mentioned specifically this, this, this portion of it, the pre-existing conditions, dozens of times. Cool. Pence and Trump individually. Yeah, they, they've mentioned not wanting to get rid of that dozens of times each. So this isn't something that they just came up with for the election or the debate. Know, this is right. something they've been speaking of since they got in office. But, you're, but the one thing well, is the conservative platform typically wants to get rid of these things, though. Is that correct? Right. Wouldn't you say? And, 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 I would say and I would say to that that Trump's not really 100% a conservative. But here's, my, yeah. but here's the problem. They, if they bring it up, because of how you're going to keep it, and then they change the subject. Oh, they, oh, you're right. And now, you're a little further away from now. You, I'm pulling you, the sterling. You God were pulling dang. the sterling right, for sure. Um, <laughs> but uh, usually they bring it up and then they change the subject. They don't really have a have a way. When the people say you're going to repeal it, but how are you going to take care of preexisting conditions? Correct. They yeah. shy away from the answer because they yep. don't have an answer. There's for no them. answer for it. You can't do both. They're they're, in, right. they're they're they've been in the middle of trying to revise Obamacare. That, like I said, they've already changed some parts of it. But it, this is something that's going to take time, and it's going to take full uh, full bipartisan support. And I honestly think that in, during this first term, they, they didn't have enough support in the House to be able to accomplish true reform for it. You know, it was it was going to get chopped up or just flat out denied by Nancy Pelosi and the squad. They, they didn't have a, sh a shot. I, I honestly think that the biggest victory that this campaign is going to have if they win is if we win the House back. Otherwise, they might as well just concede, concede the loss, See, and just I let just, Biden win. Here's the thing: this is because they won't get anything done in the next four I years. I think this is where party politics. They, falls I think they'll still get some things done. Yeah, but if it was, if this is one thing that was on the table, and it becomes mostly Republican, 
they're they're just gonna chop it back to where it doesn't cover anything. That's what I, that's my belief. That's re, that's the Republican platform. Even if you say they're not Trumps, that's part of that. That's part of that. And that's part platform. of the checks and balances. So if uh, Trump does hold a supermajority or a majority in any way, shape, or form, that's gonna affect the way that the uh, Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, whatever you want to call it, uh, goes forward. Um, I do think that it is going to be affected by those uh, outside of the immediate president and vice president relationship. Yeah. But um, let's get to our um, our decision on who we thought won the debate and why. Um, I can go first, second, or last. You guys have any preference? You seem excited about it, so go ahead. Yep. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and uh, go with Pence on this one. Um, what... I am using as my basis was during the debate, I could see both sides, but sometimes I need a little bit more time to process the information and the information that I gathered as I looked at um, the breakdown from conservative analysts and um, democratic analysts was on the conservative side. They referenced things like Mike Pence saying the Trump tax cut led to uh, $2,000 in savings, median household, American households, et cetera, et cetera. So there were some statistics that were being used, not much, but uh, at least some. With uh, Kamala Harris, they were talking about how Trump talked too long, uh, how he mansplained, how it was sexist that he wasn't letting her talk, the fly that landed on his head. And so while all those things may or may not be true, I do think that there is some uh, importance that needs to be weighted on taking command of the situation. And I truly think Pence took command of that situation between the two of them in that debate. I guess I'll go second. Um, Okay. During the... uh, presidential debates i don't know if, if i answer this on, on air but i do think that uh joe biden won the presidential debates just because we talked about that a little yeah. bit but go ahead yeah one of can. the reasons being the bar for him was set so low but second part is that he he he, he was able to more uh completely answer some of the questions and there's all kinds of conspiracy theories and hoopla over how he did it there's pictures of him with maybe possible wires and radios who cares he won Yep. This mm-hmm. this uh by any means necessary. The, during the VP debate, um, I Mike Mike won. I I, I think Kamala uh was a very uh how do I how do I say formidable this? opponent formidable ad- adversary. She yep. she she put up a good fight. It was a very 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 close fight, but I think Mike Mike won. Uh, what's your reasoning behind that though? I don't know if I caught that part. A, a lot of the same things that you said, and I don't want to just sound like a parrot, but. Statistics he, control. He, he used actual information, you know, versus a lot of what she used to to combat him was was mostly feelings and argumentative, and, and argumentative opinions. Um, so so he he did include more facts, and you know, some people will argue that I think they're facts just because I agree with his stance on a lot of things. But Mike Pence isn't my favorite person in the Trump administration. I mean, no one is but Trump. I don't, I really don't like most of them. Yeah. Um. But to be honest, he he. He was the, the the better opponent this time, and and, and you'd be blind to, to think otherwise. <laughs> Talk about a segue forever to finish to finish off the analysis. So, like I said before, I don't know that I, I can really follow or, or go along with <clears throat> the facts that Mike Pence gave to a certain extent. But I will say this: as far as the way he he delivered his points of view, um, he seemed to be less nervous than Kamala Harris. She seemed kind of mm-hmm. nervous. And to me, that gives him more of an edge as far as speaking wise. So, I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, it's hard not to say that he didn't. He, he has out, four he out, years of experience. He out as the vice president. He, he out talked her. You know what I mean? That's. So. And and, and she, there was there was parts of just it's just like a boxing match. This is the way I saw it. There were rounds that she won. I agree. There were rounds that she won. There were rounds that you can clearly tell she was using her her skill as a as a former prosecutor and, and district attorney. 
So you, you can tell that she's comfortable in the setting where she's arguing with, with, with someone else over over her position. I just think it's a diff- it was a different game because of the, the stakes that are at. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's a different, it, it, it's a different it, it, arena. It, it's... She was. She's more skilled at playing the game. She's just not. She's just not aware of playing it this way. If that makes any sense. Right. Yeah, that's I can see point. that. Yeah. She hasn't been in this position before as a vice president nominee, and it's all new. And that's kind of what Everett said too. So that's yeah. a that's a fair point. Yeah. I, in, in layman's terms, I I agree with Everett. This is this is her first pres, uh, vice presidential debate. This is his second. Yep. Cool to move on. Yeah. That's it. Awesome. Well, this is a topic that I was actually pretty passionate on, so I'm glad that uh, the guys were open to talking about it. I feel like the implications are are quite large, so we're going to talk about the war on drugs. And um, do you guys want to lead it off? Because I mean, I don't mind kicking it off. But well, you you feel so passionate about this one. It was your topic to to That's add true. to the show tonight. I I really would not feel comfortable kicking this one off. Thanks, man. Uh, so the war on drugs. The reason why I think it's so important is because it uh, applies to. All, a lot of the news stories that we see um, circulating. And I'm going to start with the basics and we'll kind of build ourselves out to the specifics of what's going on now. But the basics about the war on drugs is if you replace the word uh, drugs with alcohol, it sounds pretty ridiculous. Um, alcohol is going to put you in a similar state of inebriation. And oftentimes we do have a drink or two while we're talking. You know, sometimes it's not non-alcoholic, but sometimes it is. So if we were being... Oftentimes? <laughs> if we were being... It could be all the time if, if there's a sponsor out there listening, but we'll see. Um, if we're going to put an emphasis on the government telling us what we can or cannot put into our bodies, then I think that we're going to find ourselves in this ongoing repetitive situation where there's a lot of fallout from this war on drugs. Um there's a million different directions to go in, but that's my baseline concern is that the government doesn't need to be involved in what I decide to put on my body. All they need to do is their administrations like the Food and Drug Administration, all of the groups that they come up with, they just need to let me know about the dangers so that way I can make my own decisions. Um, if I make bad decisions while on drugs or while on alcohol, at some point I was sober. So I need to be responsible for my own decisions. If I decide to use drugs or alcohol and I make bad decisions on drugs or alcohol, I'm still held responsible for those bad decisions. And that's what people need to keep in mind. And that will take over a lot of the people that get incarcerated, killed, involved in illegal drug activity, and um, so on and so forth. My closing thoughts on my opening argument of that is, is really the only thing stopping us from doing hardcore drugs like, let's say, heroin, cocaine, uh, PCP, is the only thing stopping most of the American public from doing that, the fact that it's illegal? Or is it the fact that there's extreme negative consequences from putting that into your body? You want my... Honest opinion? Please, I do. Of from, course. From, if, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. You if know. it was treated like alcohol, everyone would do it. I think most people don't do it because it's illegal. Right. Yeah. There are some people who don't do those things because of how they affect your body. But if you were really that worried about it, you wouldn't drink gallons of gallons of Coca-Cola. Yeah. And, you, you know what I mean? So that's a... That's a thin. That's a that's kind of... For me, it feels kind of thin to make it all legal because of that. It being good for you or not is not the the reason why people don't do hard drugs. It is mostly 100% the legality. Like, I may not do it because it, because it's bad for me, right? Most people don't well, think Well, let's like talk it. personal first, and then we'll kind of expound, expound upon that. Maybe I'm a little conservative in nature in regards to, like, what I am willing to try. Like, personally, I wouldn't go skydiving. There's too much risk involved, in my personal opinion. 
I'm not going to compare skydiving to drugs, but I'm saying like it, everything's risk reward. I mean, you, you probably should though, right? Is yeah, it, uh, is, uh, you, you're going to release a lot of adrenaline, and it's going to be whatever rush that people get from it. To me, it's terrifying. Uh, the risk of injury and death is a little bit on the higher side, and it's just not worth the benefit that comes along with the risk. I mean, for me, I just don't want to pay money to be scared. What the hell's that? There you go. Yeah, I mean, if skydiving was free, maybe. I, but I go to drugs are free. Houses all the time. So that's yeah. my, my, <laughs> those aren't really scary. Sometimes like, they can be. A you don't bit, generally think you're going to die in a haunted house. It's a fraction. You generally of the think you're going to die jumping out of. A I got a funny story about that, but we'll right. talk about it later. Yeah, yeah, there we go. I'm happy to talk about it whenever uh, we hit a, a, a time frame there. But um, that, the the regulation aspect is what really gets me, and this is what makes me maybe a little bit more libertarian leaning in some of my viewpoints. But I honestly think that if we all act in our best self interest, to Joe with no E. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Um, if we all act in our own best interests. Like that's what capitalism is. So let's apply that same logic in other areas of our life, and we we shouldn't be in too bad of a spot because Everett. I don't think I'm not going to put words in your mouth. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm just going to end on this. I don't think you're going to start using heroin or meth, Jose. I don't think you're going to start using heroin or meth. I'm not going to start using heroin or meth just because it becomes legal. So you also got to think that a lot of people who use those drugs and. I agree. I'm not going to start using heroin. Oh, here comes. Here comes. I'm glad you agree. Here yeah. comes. Go ahead. Come on. No, a lot of people who use drugs do come to, from a, from a self medication point, but they also lead you to other to to other bad decisions. So you know, here's the other part of I this. Think, that I think I think as many barriers. I think as many barriers to entry at that point in time. If my phone's that far down the ladder, I thought you were about to say something racist. What? I just thought that's the direction you were going in. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. I, don't I didn't know. see that coming, so I, I, I'm yeah. not surprised. <laughs> uh, so I, I think as many barriers to entry is important. So barriers to entry, like it being illegal, yeah. the extra hurdle of overcoming the illegal nature of drugs reduces the amount of people that use it. Right. Think about how many bad decisions that you made, and then you thought about it later, or, or you were about to make until right. you thought about it later. Now I agree with you on this because I agree that most people should not be doing drugs. They're going to be much better off by not doing drugs. If they choose to use drugs and they decide to do it in the safest way possible in moderation, is that bad? Yeah, because some drugs there's no safe way to do it, right? We like, talking, we talking about marijuana. I mean, yeah, but like heroin, marijuana is going to be the uh, biggest one. Heroin, but. crystal meth. There's nothing safe about those. There's no safe way to do those drugs. There's also mushrooms and LSD that people use sometimes. So. Um, as a listener of Joe Rogan, he talks about the hallucinogens that people take. And a lot of uh, former military people use uh, mushrooms and I forget the other treatments, but something along those lines that help them with their PTSD and other, um, you know, sometimes there's amputees. Just some of the negative ill effects of war are combated with pseudo natural um, hallucinogens like mushrooms and I'm, I apologize for drawing yeah, a blank on so. I, I can yeah, vouch for right. that I know a couple of uh, former uh, veterans well, veterans current, current veterans, current yeah. veterans that, that are uh, have used that as a way to combat their demons so maybe that should be administered by a healthcare professional right and not available in the store but exactly but the first part of it being administered in a store or with the healthcare professionals is being decriminalized right not necessarily how can you um, use something that's not decriminalized it's illegal to use, so a doctor couldn't prescribe it. I mean, it was illegal to use marijuana in most states, too. But and it, they decriminalized it in the different states. So they would I, have to decriminalize these other uses. But you're talking about a state law. Are you talking about federal law or state law right now? I want federal law, personally. So federal law, you still go to jail for it unless you have um, 
Yeah, that's just for medical purposes. Leave the card for it, right? No, even then, the the um, medical marijuana cards issued by the states are still only covered by state law. It's still federally illegal for you to smoke weed, even if you have a Florida medical marijuana card. If you're under oh, investigation wow. okay. by the the feds, the FBI, and that can be used as a way to get you to cooperate, it will be used as a way to get you to cooperate. Because okay, it is so I, I thought federal. they had, or I thought they were okay with it for medical use at this point. Nope. Federal right. always is going to trump me, me, state. Me, medical isn't, isn't no, federally legal. But for whatever reason, they do stand down a lot of the times for just a recreational drug user in states where it is recreational legal uh, available. But that's the part that I don't like is like, why do we have to have this, this game back and forth between federal and state if states are deciding that... Uh, uh, use of marijuana is fine. So let's take a step back from the conversation as I posed it initially. We're taking all drugs off the table. Now we're just talking about marijuana, which has um, a lot less uh, negative side effects, if any. Some might argue there's no side, negative side effects of marijuana, but a few people might have uh, an just argument a couple to that. Things, so but let's say, yeah. There, there's, there is a couple. A couple and yeah. I, I do generally think it's safer than, than alcohol, alcohol use. Yeah. I, I would think it's. Fifty percent. If I had to put a number on it, so why even go further than that? Probably eighty percent. So, what all? What, yeah. Are all three of us on the same page that uh, marijuana should be federally legal for recreational use? I agree. Yes. Okay. Good. So we're on that page. Why do you think that they don't do that? I mean, we have X amount of states that make it legal for med- medicinal. You want to know the wild, my, my wildest opinion on why? I would love to hear it. I'm, has, I'm interested. It has nothing to do with drugs. It doesn't actually. I'm interested. Tell it me. Has, it's it's the plant itself and all the other uses it has because it would cut into so many other industries. This isn't wild. That's actually why it is illegal. You know that, right? That's yeah. the actual reason. Yeah, it it isn't because of the THC. Yeah. It's because of all the all the all the other uses for the for the cannabis plant, the 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 male version specifically. Hemp. Hemp. Yeah. You can make anything, anything out of hemp. Hemp paper anything, is amazing, from what I hear. Anything hemp paper cheap, cheaper and better quality sometimes too. It's yeah. better rope. Yeah. yeah, it's better rope. It's better plastic. Yeah, it's it, it can be used to make other composite materials. I'm trying to remember who, who and and it's completely it. renewable. You know, was the, it Hammer Mill with the paper company? I know that. So any of these um, ad, adversary, not not adversary, but uh, competing companies are not going to want hemp to be did successful. It, we didn't Rockefeller fight against this too. There's some uh, people with some sure. big money early on because they were more established in the business sector. And so they decided to make marijuana illegal because they knew that uh, marijuana had all these other connections, whether it be CBD oil, so, hemp, and all the other benefits. Also, let's it, just, just take plastic, for example. Plastic mm-hmm. is, is generally made out of you know petroleum, mostly. You know, It's di- directly tied to the gas business. A lot of people think there's millions of dollars in oil because of gas and, and diesel. There's other uses for, for petroleum. Yeah, like jelly. Like jelly, like like plastic, um, and, and a lot of other synthetic materials are made out of petroleum. Yeah. Guitar picks, too. I know you don't care about that. But Pe- petroleum's made out of, <laughs> out of what? Fossil fuels. It's not mm-hmm. renewable. Yeah. Hemp is 100% renewable. Hemp's about, amazing. It's an amazing product. And I'm yeah, not saying hemp that Hemp is like 100% a, renewable. You can plant as much as you like. It's going to grow literally anywhere, and it's it's infinite. Yeah. Versus oil is finite. Talk about yeah, reusable uh, so, resources, right? But I mean, did, yeah. didn't didn't they? So here's the thing: is it just that it's too expensive now to make other things out of it? Because I, I remember them uh, dialing back some of the restrictions on it. I remember for a while they were making like bags and stuff out of hemp. I don't believe that, but it, it's possible. I, I haven't heard that specifically. But if somebody were to tell me it's too expensive to make uh, hemp products it's only expensive because them. of the lack of availability of it, if it just, if, uh, yeah it if, could be if, made if more, to be inexpensive to be if, expensive. if more states had it had it where it's legal there's still states where growing hemp is legal 
if more states made it legal, it 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 would drive down the cost. And 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 also a lot of it has to do with the fact that uh, the oil companies are, are lobbying against it. You know? Yeah, let me say something positive about Kamala Harris and uh, Joe Biden. Kamala Harris came out recently and and supported. Um, uh, decriminalization of marijuana. I want to say maybe on a medicinal. After, after personally locking up what hundreds of thousands of people for it. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I don't but, know about that but, part. But don't, but don't, don't, don't take away from something that can potentially happen. Let's listen to what they're saying about it, and then try to hold their feet to the fire. Because on the off chance Trump doesn't win and Biden and Harris are in there, I would love to go up and campaign or have a petition signed. I'd sign on a petition, whatever the case may be. Because there are a lot of additional benefits, and I know Everett might have a point, so feel free to backtrack. But I want to talk about some of the additional benefits if we reduce this war on drugs. So let's focus on the marijuana aspect because that seems something that we can all uh, get on board with. Uh, Kamala Harris most recently said something to the effect of uh, making marijuana um, less or decriminalizing it to a certain extent. So maybe that's medicinal on a, a federal level. Maybe that's uh, recreational on a federal level, which would be great. But that's going to reduce the amount of people that are incarcerated, which Jose brought up, and it's a great that's point. And that would be awesome if we reduced the amount of people that were um, in jail because we, we've had to release people from jail because of uh, COVID concerns. We've had um, a private prison-ran uh, business that is just... It's not for the rehabilitation of people. It's just the exploitation of people. So there's a lot of areas that we can improve. Modern day slavery. Modern day slavery is a great way of wording it. Um, and the war on drugs, if we if we adjust it accordingly, at least initially, and then we can get into the more extreme aspects of it like I brought up initially. But um, uh, first thing you got to do is you got to decriminalize some of these things that have a lot of diff- a lot of additional benefit. And whether you're independent like Everett says he is, even though he's a little bit more left-leaning, whether you're conservative like Jose, whether you're independent, conservative-leaning like I am, we're all on board with this. So, And Kamala Harris is on board with it. Um, and I'll say one of, last thing I'll say, uh, one of the things that was critical about when Trump came into office was uh, Jeff Sessions' support. Uh, of Trump and also Jeff Sessions' support of how much he was anti-marijuana. And um, that always was uh, a point that I didn't like. And um, I felt that that was used as a way to um, imprison black and brown people uh, primarily just because of the disproportionate and um, unjust sentencing that occurred as a result of it. But um, I'll let you guys talk for a little bit. I agree. For for the record, uh, Essential News Discussions and Pod isn't uh, actively participating in the devil's mar- uh, lettuce. <laughs> yeah, we partake in the legal alcohol uh, from time to time, but uh, nothing more. Agreed. Um, but any other closing thoughts on the war on drugs? I appreciate you guys entertaining me because I did kind of bring it up out of the blue. But, oh, I know one last thing I was going to say. So the last part about the war on drugs is it has these uh, these bigger uh, unintended consequences that we don't really think of because the war on drugs is what led to the no-knock warrant being served on Breonna Taylor. Um, True. The war on drugs, when you call it a war, people are going to immediately go to that state where it's, uh, you know, guns, uh, you know, the threat of violence is, is really high. And that goes from both the people that enforce the law and the people that are trying to skirt the law. But when you decriminalize uh, marijuana, or when you reduce the the tactics that are used to try to catch people that are doing nonviolent crimes, then you're not going to have as many situations like with uh, Breonna Taylor, where you're serving a no knock warrant, even though they knocked, and so, entering the. So, sorry to interrupt, Sterling, but 
What you, I, it doesn't I, seem like just, you're sorry. Just, just because you're in the middle of this, I, I have to ask. You're, you're saying how the war, the war on drugs is responsible for, for Breonna Taylor and, and the situation that happened in her household and other situations like it. Yes. So those situations will go away if some of those uh, repercussions were removed. What's your take on the amount of overdoses in families, the amount of parents that die in front of their kids from being... Uh, you using you know hard drugs like heroin and other and other narcotics that are that that can lead to death pretty easily from an overdose. What's your take on that? How many more people are gonna die from these things because they're not afraid of the law, uh, having serious repercussions from using these these hard drugs? Because you you're thinking only about the positives of 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 lowering the consequences. How about the negatives of of, of stopping the war on drugs? Because there's gonna be some. You're absolutely right. Um, to ignore the negatives would be to be uh, ignorant and callous. Um, what I will say may come off a little callous, but it is not intended to be as such. I think that we are all adults and we all need to be responsible for our own decisions. I do not believe that making something legal makes it morally right to do. And people need to understand that. So I have two different strong standpoints. My strongest standpoint is that marijuana would not fall under this category that we're currently discussing. I don't believe there are that many cases of overdosing due to marijuana. I don't think that's what I was going to say. I have not heard of that. So um, that marijuana, be if you take that off the table and look at the two issues separately, um, and let's look at the ones where there additional drugs are being legalized, which is what I was talking about initially. Yes, some additional people may possibly overdose and die. And for those families, it's going to be terrible and sad. And my prayers and thoughts and wishes go out to them. I don't even know. Even the ones that don't die, how, how though these drugs aren't cheap, you know? Right. You reference marijuana. Marijuana is, is pretty inexpensive to use recreationally. Uh, I will say this. So the people that do overdose, and you bring up a great point, uh, I think a lot of the times the reason why they do have these negative effects is because they're made in subpar facilities. So if you do legalize it and you're able to make it in a higher quality environment, you're going to have less impurities that are going to be in there to affect people in the negative ways that they do. I don't I don't think some of the I mean, the quote unquote overdoses are mostly due to, to poor quality drugs. I think well, neither one of us are going to know for sure. I don't know for sure, but other. I would have to assume that they're from high levels of, of the drug period. It does. I don't I don't think. The quality of the drug is so affecting so much. The, the the opium crisis that we have, or opioid crisis that we have in America, is oftentimes uh, tied to the painkillers prescribed by uh, doctors. Correct. Co- correct, and those are legally processed by uh, large pharmaceutical companies. They're as safe as they can get, but their recreational use isn't safe. That's true. That's actually why cocaine is so, illegal so, too. So I don't think heroin produced by a pharmaceutical is going to get any more safe. Because cocaine was once a it was once medication was was passed out. It was yeah, it, it was, was in legal. soda. It was yeah. in soda. At one no, point. before that it was. I mean, it was crazy. It was like what five cents I think for a dose of cocaine back in the day. Mm-hmm. So, but we're I honestly don't know. This is a genuine genuine question. Were people dropping dead from the use of cocaine when it was prescribed back in the day, or do we not know that for sure? We don't know, right? I don't think we know for sure. I don't no, think no there was sure. even that. But I do think that there is something to the effect of impurities and the way that uh, hard drugs like cocaine, meth, heroin, and other related uh, drugs are produced contribute to the higher death rate. And even if you're not getting um, killed by the impurities of it, then yes, the negative effects of using heroin I I don't know this for sure, but I'm willing to bet that the majority of the overdose cases last year were from prescription drugs. I I have no idea. Pure as can be. I believe that. Be. I, I can't I can't say this for sure 
but the the the, the amount that 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 you see on the news of, of, of these sort of things happening, I, I just have to lean in that direction. I I can't see it otherwise. But I don't think there should be a war on drugs. I think maybe we should be focusing more towards rehabilitation of people who are already hooked on drugs. I just wrote a note. Uh, if we don't do it this episode, we'll bring it up next episode, I, I would assume, um, just to look up some of the information associated with drug overdoses because if I'm going to advocate for something that's a little bit more extreme, I do want to make sure that I'm a little bit more educated. So um, we're looking it up now on the fly while we're talking, but on the off chance we don't find what we're looking for, we may talk about it uh, next week as well. But um, it's just an interesting conversation, and, and I think the three of us, even though we may disagree on some of like the all drugs aspect, I think we do agree on uh, marijuana. You know, like we could take baby steps, see how that goes, and then we can expand it if it if people so desire. But it really seems like uh, the majority of people have come around to this point in time in 2020 to um, be in favor of legalized marijuana, legalized uh, and all the products that come along with there, whether it be hemp, CBD oil, or otherwise. That's true. Yeah, uh, Jose. Any closing thoughts before we move on? I know you're doing the research, and I appreciate it. Uh, we can always come back to it later if you don't no, find what you're looking we're for. We're really close. So Keep buy some time. Yeah, buy me some time. Okay. So if we adjusted the approach that we have on the war on drugs, and we treated it like a nonviolent offense, so even if you're selling drugs, the assumption is like, oh, you're selling drugs, you're a gangbanger, you have a gun, you're doing this, that, and the other. It's not fair to make that assumption. It's an assumption. So if you're accused of selling drugs, so I'm referencing Breonna Taylor in this case, they said drugs. I don't think they said specifically what kind of drugs. Um, I'm going to treat them independently, and but I'm going to assume in this particular case that it was marijuana. So if she's selling marijuana and it's a nonviolent crime to sell marijuana, nonviolent crimes should not be approached in the same way as if she were, um, I don't know, just... <coughs> excuse me, uh, child trafficking, human trafficking, anything along those lines where it's, it's hard, it's to, more direct. It's hard to say because I, I think she was selling, right. I think she was selling harder drugs than that. And those kind of drugs do damage the community that you're a part of if you're selling with. So I'm on uh drug abuse.gov. And, uh, according to this, right around a little bit over 11,000 people died from, uh, overdoses caused by illegal drugs, cocaine, heroin, uh, is this 2020 data? That's 20, 2018. 2018. 2018 data. Um, and from prescription drugs, 15,000. So 15 versus 11,000. 4,000 more people died from prescription drugs. Because they were easier to get and probably looked upon differently, I'd imagine. Because it's not a huge number, but it's enough of a number to make a difference. Yeah, I can see that. Um, so it does seem like more people do die from the uh, prescribed drugs like your hypothesis was, so... Good job on your um, just overall gathering and uh, deciphering of information there. Um, but with that said, any closing I, thoughts on I the know war? things before I even know them. See oh, that? My, my closing See thought, that, y'all? I brought up Breonna Taylor. I was just going to bring up, if we approach that situation differently, there's a very good chance that uh, Breonna Taylor would still be alive. True. I just don't think it makes sense if somebody's doing something that um, is technically well, nonviolent. And I understand whatever it was saying, like there's uh, reverberating repercussions. Um, that are going to echo through the community, but if so, maybe if you go through that. If you go to her, I just want to ask this thing: if you go to her house when she's not there, don't you accomplish the same benefit? Your your stance on the on, on, on the war on drugs, and the and your stance on the way drugs are being policed are two different things. I agree. Okay. Yeah, are, are two different things. Uh, I I agree to some extent to your your points about separating marijuana from from the rest of these drugs. 
but your whole stance on making all drugs legal and leaving adults to be responsible for themselves and, and, and let's stop wasting this energy on, on pursuing drug abuse. It's extreme. It's it's very extreme, and I don't think it's it's something that would work out just because of, of the data that we just saw. More people are dying from legal drugs currently than they are from illegal drugs. So, but make, legal drugs aren't going away, though. Is the thing they're not going away, and and making and and, and making the e- currently illegal drugs legal isn't going to make that number go down. It's going to go up. So that's true. I agree with separating marijuana use from the rest of the the drug classifications. That's okay, and I agree with you on the way drug abuse and 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 drug charges, selling, distributing, uh, trafficking, the way they're being. Uh, Enforced. Enforced by, by law, those things should change. But making them legal, that's, that's just not a good idea. It's, it's only going to lead to an increase in, in, in overdoses. It's only going to increase, increase uh, families missing a, a, a provider, a father, a mother because of an overdose. It's just the results are going to be more destructive of your ideal reform than, than positive. I appreciate your guys' feedback, and that's why we bounce ideas off each other because uh, – I acknowledge that my idea was extreme, and I think you guys put, provided some additional context that I find very helpful. Uh, you guys good to move on, or any closing thoughts? That was my closing thoughts, yeah. Everett. No, I agree, actually. Com- right, perfect. Yeah. Um, so we're going to take a moment to <laughs> try to figure out some of the positive aspects that we like about our presidential candidate that we plan on voting for. Um, so uh, it could be Joe Jorgensen. could be President Trump. could be... Uh, Nominee Why did you even mention that name? Which one of us you think is going to vote for Joe without an E? Uh, that's true, but I will say that I did entertain voting for Joe earlier in this election cycle uh, prior to where we are now. So we're going to talk about Joe with an E, and we're going to talk about Donald Trump also with no E. Um, and we'll just kind of focus on the positives How, instead of the negatives. Do you think his name would be cooler or less cool if Donald had an E at the end of the D? It's <laughs> <laughs> a silent E. <laughs> Um, I think that might make him forced to run as a Democrat. Because <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so soft. Uh, anybody want to Come start? on, man. <laughs> Did anybody think about the positive things they wanted to say about the candidate of their personal choice? I would personally, uh, he doesn't get a lot, an opportunity to start off the segment a lot. Everett, please, please begin. Oh. I mean, I said it before last um, a show or two. Ago. No, no, no. The last show was what you liked about Trump. I want, I want to hear what you like about Biden. Did no, you, I don't think he said something about Trump that he liked, did he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, no, we, he did. We, we all had no, to do it. No, no, I didn't. But we all said something positive. No, about no, the, y'all, the, no. What happened was y'all pretended to say something positive. <laughs> <laughs> so I reciprocated the action. <laughs> all right. Well, now we have a chance to be genuine. So, Everett, if you don't mind starting us off, tell um, us something positive I like you the, like about. I do uh, like the fact that their plan calls for. Um, Raising corporate tax, I enjoy, I think that's a good idea. And also, I like the fact that they want to cap healthcare. Those are my two biggest points. I Can like you that. elaborate what you mean by cap healthcare? And this is because I am ignorant of the. Uh, oh, they they don't want you to pay more than eight and a half percent of your income because so many people pay more than that right now. So I like that idea. I like that idea too. That there's a, there would be a public option by not getting rid of privatized healthcare. This gets to kind of force the prices down a little bit. That's a good idea. Can I begin? Of course. Are you going to say anything in response to what Everett said, or are we just going to let each person oh, I, I'm, have I'm, the floor and then move on to our own? I'm thing? going to move on to what we're supposed to be doing and 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 say why I want to vote for my candidate. But I would like to combat some of the stuff he said. No, nah, I'm not debating tonight. 
You don't like have it. to. I'll, I'll I'll debate by myself. I'm responding <laughs> to on, what you said. You don't have to respond back to me. Wait, we're gonna. So this is the presidential positives section of the podcast. Right. Let's avoid the response for right now, and let's focus no. on the positive. No, let's focus I, on the positive. I, I decline. Everett's gonna edit this and get it back to me later. So I guess you can feel free to go <laughs> ahead if you want. You can talk for hours if you like. <laughs> you know what, guys? I I wanted to do this for you guys, my my supporters and listeners, but. I'm gonna have to move on without <laughs> without uh, addressing the things ever, you know, whatever. <laughs> so here's a reason why I support Trump. How much time do I have? <laughs> you no, can you, have, got, you, you can have ten minutes. <laughs> so there, there's there's way just so much that 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 I can I can bring up. Does he have two man? No, it's already three. Five in the minutes. Five minutes. He's got five minutes if he wants. Like I said, there's so much. There's and you guys heard heard all the reasons why in the last 12 episodes of this show. But mainly, Trump is a supporter of my right to bear arms. That's very important to me. Two, he's a supporter of the Constitution and our Bill of Rights. Very important to me. Freedom of speech, freedom of press, even though he criticizes them often. All of that's important to this guy. The, the current opponents of, of Trump, I, I, I really wanted to find someone I like more than him. Just because he does say a lot of things that I, I, I don't feel comfortable with at times. Just because he says things for the sake of saying them sometimes. But aside from, from his potty mouth and his Twitter presence, his overall platform benefits my, me and, and America for the most part. Um, the tax plan, like... Pence covered, regardless of how a lot of people seem to feel now post COVID, because we're all in a poor, poor spot just because of the pandemic. The the Trump tax tax plan helped a lot of people, and like Pence said, the average American household, median American household, uh, you know, did two thousand dollars better because of because of the Trump tax plan. Um, the Paying way less in taxes is awesome. Sorry. The the way the economy was set up before COVID happened. It was the best it's ever been in in in, in decades. Uh, unemployment for us minorities was the lowest it's been in this nation's history. the The Trump presidency has truly been great up until this point. And a lot of people want to say, "Hey, the the pandemic, this, the pandemic, that." He's he's handled this poorly. Who's handled it right? As far as I know, the only country that didn't shut down at all uh, is the only country that's economy is doing relatively the same as it was before. I don't think not shutting down at all was in the cards for us just because of the way our population is set up. Where where there's there's areas of this country that are more densely populated than any other place in the world. Yeah, there's there's places like Jakarta and Indonesia and and, 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 and other places in Asia where their populations are more dense, but overall as an entire nation, we're the largest and more most densely populated by a long shot. You know like I said, there's places like Jakarta that, that in that specific area they are more densely populated than any place in the country, but we have more places that are densely populated than they do. They just have that one, you know? So anyways, long story short, um, he there, there's just way more benefits voting Trump than they are Biden currently. Biden's trying to get rid of the, the they don't want, they don't, they want our guns. That's, that's number one. It's always been part of their platform. He even wanted to appoint Beto O'Rourke to, to, to figure out how to do it. Um, Kamala has a long history of 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 uh, locking up black men in prison. 
say what you will about her. Say she's black. She's she's a minority. She's let's keep that. it let's keep it positive. So talk yeah. about the prison reform that he worked with uh, Kim Kardashian on. Well, that, that's what I'm leading to. You have on one on one end uh, on, on the opponents that have a long career of putting black men in jail, versus in the last three years they got together with Kim and some other uh, pe- people in the in, in the black community that 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 are experts in law, the people that work for Kim. Um, that truly get the credit for for putting this out. Uh, they 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 really started reform that had never been done before. You know, no, Everett's Everett's putting his hand up because Barack uses uh, presidential uh, powers to to let a lot of people out of jail. Those let those people out of jail. Those aren't keeping anybody in the future from going to jail forever. I think you have one more minute left on the five minute uh, promise. No, we already over the five minutes. Oh, we are. But, but like I said, there's just countless reasons on my end. Why Trump is is, is is a better pick? I don't have enough time to tell you all why, but uh, those are some of the reasons. And if you want other reasons, listen to, listen to episodes one through eleven. <laughs> uh, Everett, give your rebuttal because I, I'm I have trouble deciding on what I want to say to um, you. You raised your finger like you were going to add uh, something to what he said. No, 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 no. He can't add. I wasn't able to add to what he said. <laughs> yeah. We're moving on. To I will say this though. No, 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 no. <laughs> I will say this. No, 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 I no, said no. Two, I, I said, am not allowing this because I, I wasn't able two, to respond to you. I said two things that he went on a ramp. I only said two things in the beginning. <laughs> okay, that's fine. But I, so I have my this? turn. You had your turn. This? You can't Ever, respond to what I said. We're gonna go back through and we'll give rebuttals after I finish. No, my I, no okay. I'm, I'm not participating in this. That's fine. <laughs> okay. Um, so the thing about Trump that I really like is I feel like he's more genuine. Um, when I watch Biden, I I feel like. <laughs> He's not even good at it, uh, but he's more calculating. And like what he's saying holds no weight to me. Um, politicians lie. I'm not going to pretend like Trump gives me 100% accuracy all the time. But he gives me enough accurate information to where I can uh, rest easy, if you will. I think that once he got comfortable in the presidency, he re- he he pushed back against the military-industrial complex. And I think that same... Uh, Military industrial complex is the reason why Tulsi Gabbard wasn't given a fair shake in the Democratic nomination and the same reason why um, uh, Bernie Sanders wasn't as well. So I feel like that is a very powerful um, group, the military, the U.S. military, to push back against. And they want to keep all these wars going in the Middle East. They want to expound upon them. They want to expand them. And um, I think that Trump is pushing back against that. And then one of the best things I can say Um, In support of that is his nominations for the Nobel Peace Prize. Um, I will have to bring up the fact that uh, Biden was nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize and Vladimir Putin was nominated. But I think that the people that have nominations have the ability to try to undermine what Trump has accomplished because a lot of people do give credit for the peace negotiations Trump has organized in the Middle East. And so that is getting downplayed. And I think that's intentionally done to and in Korea and and in Korea. Thank you for the north, there. North, north and south. He did some amazing stuff walking from the North Korean to South Korean border or whichever way you walk, because there was a lot of risk involved there if he didn't build the relationships that he built. And I'm genuine in that. Like, I feel like he is a president of peace. He is not. Uh, the president when he first came into office where he was convinced to do some things that I think will um, speak against what I'm speaking for. But over the last two years, he's clearly been a president of peace and he's negotiated a lot of positive deals in the Middle East. So I'm going to vote for him because of those things. And I think that Joe Biden is more in favor of the military industrial complex, which is why he won the Democratic uh, uh, nominee in the first place. I, I got to be honest. Y'all did it to me again. 
when we have this thing where we say uh, say two things or a couple things that you think I like about your candidate, and instead I say a couple things like about my candidate, and we go on a, on a two person smear campaign. So I will no longer compete in these conversations. He said what he likes about his guy. No, he spent most of it talking about what he didn't like about Joe Biden. Me? Yeah, you just no. did that just now. So, no, okay, no, no, so no. I, I, about, I would take credit for that. Cause, and I, w- I won't even yeah, say it last time. time. I would say a portion of the time. He did it at all. That's because you have selected. I talked about him. I talked to him. No, I talked about Trump being more genuine. I'm going to play it back for you after this over. Absolutely. But I talked. Okay, so I'm going to recap what I said because when I talked we, about we, Trump. I'll just play it back for you when we're done. That's fine. But Trump being genuine requires me to ma- acknowledge the fact that Biden is less genuine. Talking about Trump being a uh, president of peace requires me to acknowledge that Biden is not uh, in favor of uh, peace. And then also the undermining of Trump's accomplishments over in the Middle East require me to acknowledge the fact that Biden got acknowledged for a Nobel Peace Prize. I, all underst- the same. I understand you got to justify it, but I'm right. telling you that what you just did was the opposite of what you told well, me. Well, let me try to make it even, though, because you're absolutely right. You got far less time than Jose and I did. And this is a two versus one uh, as far as political um, leanings go. But feel free to give some more clarification on some of the. Jose had some rebuttal that he wanted to add, or did uh, uh, Everett? You had some rebuttal you wanted to add. No, he he he. You guys took the the wind out of that rebuttal from me. It's no longer strong enough to <laughs> be aired on this platform. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Um, so any closing thoughts on the my, positives? My closing thoughts is that you had a lot of good things to say. I had a few decent things to say, but I was so angry at not being able to rebuttal Everett's things to say that I wasn't able to get my whole point across. And now Everett's so angry that we both talked about the opposing candidate that he's no longer being compliant with the with the podcast overall. So we just have to move on to the next topic and hope he wants to participate now. I agree. Um, we talked about gentrification before the podcast went on air. So hopefully some of those same uh, sentiments, echoes of thought can be shared because this is actually a topic that I'm not as well versed in. So I'll just reintroduce it again for us. But um, gentrification um, and some of the benefits and disadvantages of doing that to minority communities that already currently inhabit these areas. Um, I guess I'll pose a question first, Everett, if you don't mind answering to start. Is gentrification positive or negative for the existing racial makeup of an area? In my opinion, in my opinion, is negative for the residents that live in the area, only because it usually pushes them out because things are raised above their um, uh, above their current prices, where they're comfortable, with their current what am I trying to say? Income, like an income level, income a lot of level, the time. Yeah. And they just they don't make adequate housing or uh, adequate plan for people to stay in those communities. That's all. So, and how do they force them out? They force them out by raising the rents, raising, raising the rent. Yeah. yeah. So. I want to give a little context of how we landed on this topic. We were uh, watching some political ads. You can uh, talk specifically about Baltimore and Kim Klasik. Kim Klasik and and, and, the, and her Baltimore ads about about the, her community, Everett. I do got to say this before we keep going, and that's not to cut you off, Jose, but her idea, her Go idea, ahead, Charlemagne, her idea, her idea of uh, bettering the community. I agree with that. Okay, I just, I'm just not entirely sure. So you're just picking apart the ways of bettering exactly. the community. Okay, yeah. so. Part of the ways that she mentioned that she wanted to better her community in Baltimore, she kind of walked through the most impoverished sections, the sections that had abandoned houses and abandoned buildings. Everett, you know, heard some things and, and had his opinion on what she intended to do and and, and, and said, you know, gentrification is bad for the black community, which I don't 100% disagree with his, his statement. I just disagree with, with, with the fact that it doesn't better things. 
it, it hasn't been done right. Just like, you know, the whole defund the police really means reform the police. Gentrification needs to be reformed. But gentrification is not a bad thing. Just because when, whenever an area gets gentrified, it's never the entire area. There's still portions of the original community that are left behind. And guess what? That portion of the community that's left behind is better off now. Their communities are safer. There's more tax dollars in that community because there's more home ownership in that community after the gentrification. Those tax dollars translate into better schooling, better roads, better public resources in that area. So there, to say that gentrification doesn't help the, the black community or, or even let's just remove race out of it, the existing community in the area before the, gentr- the gentrification it. happened, it's it's incorrect. It Yes, some people will be moved out because they can no longer afford to live there because the areas that got purchased become new buildings, new new homes, new tenants. I mean, I'm sorry, new landlords, and they, of course, want to get a return on their investment. Those those rents go up. Those people, got, those people didn't just go homeless for the most part. They, they got relocated. They relocated to a different section. The, the 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 folks that from the original community that that stayed and live in the outskirts of that section that got gentrified, they still live on the same building, rents largely stay the same, but now they get all the benefits of the community having more police, uh, more police force, better schools, all of the other things associated with more tax dollars being brought into the area. Not to mention more businesses come to the area as well. So now there's more jobs for those more for those lower income level persons that were already part of that community. So I I, I don't think gentrification is the best thing for the black community or for a, or for a current existing community but I do think that there's some benefits and I think if, if if we kind of plan the gentrification process a little bit better they can there can be even more benefits for everyone okay, I disagree with you on the benefits part portion only because when you say new business coming in you're talking about like low level retail jobs the the kind of jobs that people in those communities already had but but currently they're leaving the area to go to go work at those jobs so Here's my question. So if they can't afford the rent and there's new jobs in the area, it doesn't better them. It doesn't better their lives at all. They, they can't afford the new rent at the at the places that got purchased, either torn down or remodeled. But that's not how, but they can still afford the rent at the places that were that, not, that, that, that's that not weren't one, touched. That's not how gentrification works, though. So think about this for a second. So if I raise the rent in Sterling's house right now, right, to twice the price, you across it. You can't even afford this now. <laughs> 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 Uh, obviously across the street that wasn't a dig at him not having money it was a, it was, it was a compliment on how nice his place is yeah yeah it's just, okay anyway that's funny though yeah <laughs> I'm gonna say my point is across the street even if it doesn't go up as high it's going up it's already out, it's out price those people living there already. it's not like it just affects one block and not the next block and it just radiates outwards and also and I don't disagree with those points but I, I still believe that there's more benefit and like I said I don't think it's a hundred percent benefit in the way it ex- it currently exists. That's why I said gentrification needs to be reformed. I, I got to give credit to Rosetti. He brought up a great point. If people are leaving their community to go work, let's say they're driving thirty minutes out and thirty minutes back in, that's an hour commute where they could be earning income. If they get to work in the neighborhood they live in and it's five minutes to work, now they can wake up ten minutes earlier, go to work, and earn an extra hour every single day of the year. Not that's to, that's not to like, mention that seems that. like a big deal. But not guys, to mention but these but people you, are partly using public transportation, and the ones that do have vehicles don't have the burn gas and all the other. Yeah, but we're assuming, we're assuming that they're going to stay in the same building, right? No, no, we're in the same area. 
Like How? they're gonna. Okay, so we're gonna assume that the jobs that they're going to go work for outside of the area they live in are the same paying off, jobs for the that they're going to be hired for in the area where it, they reside. But there's a lot of holes in there, right? Because those retail jobs, low level jobs, are all over the, the place. The kinds of jobs that's they already right. have. That's yeah, why they live yeah. in the area wait, they live in. Right, but, but they're all but, over the place. All over the place is a relative term. All over the place could be with okay. So in Baltimore, right? We're talking about specifically Baltimore. Right. You're gonna have to travel. I don't know what the nearest city is. Is DC gonna be the closest city? But they're gonna have to travel to another major city to more work than at likely a, to work at to a work seven. Retail, to work or, in a retail job, so there's only so many seven. Really, there's only so many Seven Eleven jobs in the Baltimore area. We're, we're talking about people at the poverty level. So, right. So, so you're, you're saying to work at a retail job, these are the kinds of jobs you're already working at. For, right. For, but you, but for you, the most part, but we're talking, but we're talking like we're talking about it like out of, in those areas, like the retail jobs aren't there already. They're not. They're, they they're, are. In Baltimore, not, in not. The, not in the same amounts. People have to leave the area. Yeah. Event, so there's 10,000 people in the area. There might be 5,000 jobs in that area. 5,000 people have to commute outside of the area to go get those same retail level oh, jobs. How? If you gentrification. Have you never worked retail before? Yes, you know, I have. you know where retail jobs are mostly? Do you know where they are? Uh, they're in malls typically. They're usually, be in, they're usually in low income areas. You all know that already, right? Yeah, but there's only so many jobs in those low income areas. Think about this for a second, right? Before we keep going. So this thing about here, right? Your last retail job, what was it? It was on Orange Blossom Trail. At okay. Best Buy. And there's a whole at a Best Buy. Where did you live? I lived on Hunters Creek. That's different. Uh, how far away were those two places? 20 so minutes. The, yeah, that's far. So that's almost 30 minutes, like the example. But I, I wasn't living in Loico, right? I was living in my could, could you work at the Best Buy in Hunters Creek? No, there isn't one, right? Yes, there is one. No, there's well, one, there's one in the but loop. Could, but you there's couldn't one on the loop. That's the same place. But you, but you, place. But so you could see minutes down the road. But you couldn't. But you place. couldn't work there because there wasn't any opportunity. And, but you, you didn't. Before I, my point was this: those places are there, right? I didn't live in low income in the low income areas. I was staying with my parents, right, at the time. Isn't it fair to say right. that low income and regular income and high income are going to be very similar? There's only a certain amount of jobs within a certain area, right? So my point, because you keep cutting me off, is this: so where the mall was, where Best Buy was. Where there's a circuit city, where all these retailers, all these restaurants, right? Low income housing was all around that area, right? There's a neighborhood right behind Best Buy, in fact, right? You know why? It's because for those for those types of places, the 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 leasing prices for those build for those buildings are a lot cheaper. So they build them there to begin with. I I disagree with you because I know name the area place is not like I, I know the area you're speaking of, but even if I didn't disagree with you, you're talking about a, your specific experience. In, I'm talking about that in entire our, strip. In our town. Let's say let's say all the way go. Okay, that's not. Let's I'm say, trying to be open minded. Keep yeah. going, ever. So, so our experience is here for the most part, right? Yep. Here in Kissimmee, right? So Orlando, Kissimmee, right? So that, that let, let, wait, let's wait, talk wait. about an area of this town that was gentrified. Let's let's go specific. Let's stop talking about Hunters Creek. That's been I was a, a nice community for 20 years. Let's talking, talk talking about, talking about Lake that's been a nice community for 10 years. Let's talk about, about Paramore and Division. Trail. Let's talk about where those people had to go to work before before the gentrification happened. Let's talk about that. So, what do you mean where they go to work? All those, you mean all those, all those restaurants up downtown? Are you talking about the, the retail stores down the OBT I'm, on the no, Strip? I'm, are you I'm talking, talking about, about Colonial? stuff that's are there now about, where, yeah, they, where they All those living. things are still there. All those places, there's no businesses that came. When they gentrified it, they built new All of those buildings have stores Storefronts, restaurants, at uh, on the first level, yeah. all of those buildings yeah, that are in the area. Those now. jobs, those, those jobs weren't there before. Those aren't jobs for people. Those are those are these are people who work for themselves who who released up those buildings and released up those spots on the bottom. Chef Eddie's, that is an ice cream shop. There's another like a like a corner store. And, and there's hourly people that work there. It's not just you acting like it's not just act, Chef Eddie working at Chef Eddie's. You acting like that they they put these mom and pop stop mom and pop stores in and it employed an entire section of section of town. That's not what happened. 
And matter of fact, most of those places are empty. And one of them is a university on the top now. You're talking about COVID now. I yeah. want to give some time. No, I'm talking about just in general. I've been I there all the time. time. I want to give some time to hear both sides because I'm actually learning on this. I don't know as nearly as much as either of you guys on this topic. Everett, go, if you don't mind. Explain either your situation in Hunters Creek that you were talking about earlier when you were younger or talk about Jose's situation with Division and uh, Paramore, was it, in uh, downtown Orlando area. So let's talk about Division because when I was talking about OBT, OBT, I didn't live in OBT. I lived further away because I, my parents weren't living in a low-income low, low place, right? Mm-hmm. But when we talk about where he said there's gentrification for for right there in downtown, there's articles about how it didn't help the community. You know that, right? Already. What do the articles say? They said they didn't. They just displaced the people that lived there already. They didn't really add any value as far as job aspects. So, is it your argument and what you're bringing up that gentrification improved the physical location of the area, but unfortunately did not help the people that previously resided in that area? Right. After- in fact, before, in fact, just so I can just finish the point off. They were going to do the same thing in Millennia area, and they stopped short because they couldn't displace those houses because people owned those houses. That's all it was. I'll ask you this: If you go up Church Street, and by the way, guys, Church Street is 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 the main street of our downtown area. That's where all the big bars, clubs. It's the famous area in Orlando. One of the go. nicest high rise buildings, too, right? One of the nicest high rise buildings is on Church Street. Um, the, the Amway Arena. It's right off Church Street where the Orlando Magic play. It's the epicenter of our downtown. So, think about your street, wherever you live, that in downtown, that's the, the highlight of the area. That's our Church Street. Anyways, you go down Church Street, you're in downtown. Once you pass the Amway Arena, before that, you had to go through the Division and Paramore. Before, and in, in, in 10 years ago, let's call it, after you passed the Amway Center, you on your way to the Citrus Bowl, you were, you were walking through a, a lot of suspicious areas you know you you in 2010 you wouldn't walk with your two or three year old how old your son two you wouldn't walk with your two-year-old through through that section of town just to go to the citrus bowl i wouldn't do it now i do it now with my eyes closed what's then the, you what's, what's, then you haven't been there i don't even talk I, about I've, it I've, I've done it already with they my put, children about, i've currently already done it with my children yeah, was, for, was it was it during a soccer game it was it was during a soccer game once. So here's why you did it that. It was during wait, wait, a soccer so game once, and it was this, during a, a, a WWE oh, event. At, we got to put at this in perspective. Then, so why you did that is because they have cops that line the walkway for you to walk from your car to the Bro, to the soccer field. The biggest police station in all Central Florida is now on the corner of Church Street and OBT. It was already there. There's another right there on the corner of OBT. Yeah, it was it was The one that was there was smaller than this room. The the one that's there now takes up the whole block. It's just because it's a new building. It's the same one. It doesn't take a. It wouldn't have happened without it's the like gentrification. A, it's what I'm saying. The tax dollars paid for that. Right, but it there was already a police people. station there that barely fit ten cops. Now there's a police station there that fits hundreds of cops. That's not true. What you say either. That police station was still it, the new one is a little bit bigger, but the other one was pretty big too. It, it tear down an entire section of that. Bro, this thing's a, a massive building. This thing's impressive to look at. So, uh, and, and 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 that's all thanks to gentrification. It didn't help uh, anybody that lived there. You didn't give me a point yet. Are you your there. point? Keep going. So, There's no time limit. Oh, so so you tell me about the police station, but the people that live there still live in the same condi- same conditions they live in the beginning. No, there's more cops, therefore there's less crime. What's wrong with you? you there's more police officers. That means there's less things happening. That I'm means I'm willing you. to walk in that area at nighttime when I'm, I wasn't before. I'm be real with you. Those cops are there for those events specifically most of the time. And on the other side, when there's cops there, they don't police those areas. They stop where those apartments stop because I'm there all the time. I'm telling you. I think that's a fair point. They they're there to protect the interests of the soccer stadium. Right. They don't care about the people that live there. 
There's more police, the area is safer. Crime rate is lower in that area than it is. But it's not instance, lower, though. In that instance, that's an instance of gentrification, right? Right. The soccer stadium. So gentrification benefited the people that were fortunate enough to live within that block that the police uh, precinct was uh, rebuilt, right, in a bigger fashion. And um, those people that were in that area that are getting the additional policing that lead to increased property value, um, increased safety, all of those benefits – did, did those people change in your opinion? Like, did they, like, so before the soccer stadium, before the police station, all that stuff, they were more than likely minorities. And so those minorities that resided there, whether it was rent or they owned, um, once the soccer stadium came in, the police station grew, do you think those same people benefited? Or do you think those same people, for the most part, relocated because they could not afford the higher rent if they were renters or the higher cost of living associated with that area. So the way- I'll say this. Whenever you go to one of these events, the people work in the parking lots, the people work in the, the food stands look an awfully lot, a lot like the same people that were already living in the community. Okay. Here's what I know. So are, are they importing black people from other sides of town or is it the black people that already live there? So when they gentrify the area, those soccer statements, so, so they didn't rebuild those houses around there, right? Right. There's a block right by Amway specifically that they rebuilt and everything else stayed the same. So from that point forward where they put the university for UCF, that part got rebuilt and new people came in to live there at higher rent rates. So did they add places where people could reside? They tore down that they tore down that one section. So they tore down let's say they, they tore down a hundred people, right? Right. Uh, and they replaced the hundred and they replaced it with five hundred people. Right. They is replaced that not, small homes with large buildings. Is that not is that is that beneficial or not beneficial? It's not beneficial to people who were there before, but even those small homes that he's talking about outside of that. So what about the here's what greater good this guy. So what they replaced were um, uh, old, like older apartment sections for that section, like where City View and stuff is. But when you go past that, that stuff is all the same. The only part they gentrified was a part that seems to be like proper, like downtown proper, I guess, with mm-hmm. Orange Avenue area. They rebuilt those things, and the people that live in those areas kind of got pushed out. Sorry. It is pretty ridiculous that we have a street in Orlando downtown area called Division, and one side and, of it, and it means exactly what you think it means. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it, it, that, that's pretty ridiculous, and that's something that we all three can agree with. Um, Ever, you provided some additional perspective, and I think you're right. It's interesting because in this example, right, I'm going to say that there's a hundred people residing in an area. Those one hundred people get displaced, but five hundred different people. And maybe it's not five to one. Maybe it's only 300, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever. They bring in however many people they bring, they can bring in to uh, benefit and grow the area. But is that good? Is that bad? Is it indifferent? So um, it's good. This, for, this might be the, the closing thought section on this uh, aspect. Go so ahead. my my original argument is the same. That is good for the city as far as taxes and revenue, right? Yeah. But it's not good for the people that live in those communities because they don't gain any, any of those benefits because they don't make it. They don't they have access to those um so the amenities, they don't make enough money. Do you think it. that it's going to affect the... Okay, so I use the example of 100 people get displaced, right? And 300 mm-hmm. people come in or 500 people come in. But that's not all that live in the community. There might be people a little further away from that development area that they decided to build upon mm-hmm. that are within now a, a, a an additional area of downtown Orlando that's thriving, right? Bars, uh, restaurants, um, shops, the stadium itself. And, um, you know... Once things do come back, it's going to be an attractive place for Airbnbs if those are still a thing after the fact, mm-hmm. or they get rebranded somehow. Um, 
do you think there's any benefit to the people that are able to weather the storm? So if it's a hundred people that get displaced, maybe the community's a thousand people, right? So only 10% of the population got displaced, but for 90%, they should, if they're able to own, see an increase in their property value. And if they rent, they may get pushed out, but um, if subletting's available, that's an option for them. I think it all depends on if they're going to gentrify the rest of the area or if, they, or, if they, or if they're done expanding. To be honest with you, and then it, if that's the case, because of is it a case by case then in that case? Yeah, I think because of more of a benefit for the city. I just think the people who are there originally, they get you can't compete, kind of kind of thing. You know what I mean? That's why the problem is the people always lose is the problem yeah. in, in my in my opinion. And I, I say that with all the compassion I possibly can muster, because it's not fair. Those hundred people out of a thousand, it still really stinks, and it's not fair. I think we come up with some kind of plan to keep them a part of the community, kind so, of help them build it back up. So, so that goes back to what I was saying though, I. We, we both have different viewpoints on the way gentrification affects the community. But overall, I, I did, whether you realize it or not, I did agree that the current way is flawed and it needs reformed. Gentrification is not a bad thing. But to, to your credit, you mentioned a lot of reasons why it's not a good thing. I mentioned some reasons why it is a good thing. But it's not perfect. It's far from it, actually. And and that's why I said from, from the beginning that it's okay, but it needs to be reformed, and, and and that reform should come in policies that promote those chain those uh those businesses those opportunities benefit more the people who are already currently living in the community rather than bring outside investors and outside uh people to to, to come and take advantage of the of the uh, tax benefits and so forth that the government puts down to to better these areas. So. Would you would you agree that that gentrification won't be a bad thing if we do some sort of reform on how it's implemented in communities? You, you mean like to where the residents can afford to stay there? You saying where the residents can afford to not only afford to stay there, but or they, maybe displaced residents get paid some sort of additional compensation. The the way the way it's typically handled in in, in other places, I'll tell you this. I think displaced residents in other places don't get. They don't get anything. Yeah. They so, just get pushed out. They talk about they so talk about let, Brooklyn to death because of that. Let, look, yeah. I, maybe it's not working that way here in the U.S., but I, as you guys, some of you guys know, my my mother's Puerto Rican, so I'm Puerto I'm half Puerto Rican. Um, my grandmother and and grandfather had a home in 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 a city in in Puerto Rico that's right by the Bay of San Juan. It's not in San Juan; it's right outside San Juan. But their property happened to be oceanfront. So sounds nice. <laughs> it, it, it's not really nice. It's 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 the hood. It oh, it was okay. the hood, but it was the hood with an ocean. And uh, about five to ten years ago, I don't remember exactly. I think it's closer to ten years ago now. The whole neighborhood my my uh, out. my 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 grandmother lived in, the government forced them out. They forced them out because they wanted to expand the 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 port in San Juan to to cover that area. They so they basically bought everyone out so not only did they give everyone uh market value for their land and homes but they also built new subdivisions in in the immediate area not not even far away in the immediate area to replace their homes so not only did my grandpa and grandma and 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 my uncle who also owned a home on the same property get paid market value for their homes but they also received brand new homes built by the government so they had a place. Not only did they get money for their homes, but they also got a free place to live. So that's one way we could learn from from Puerto Rico, who you know a lot of people accuse of wasting tax dollars, and no. maybe that was a waste. But that was the proper way of of, of gentrifying an area. That area is still together. They're just together somewhere else, 
and they were paid handsomely for the property they owned. I don't think that's a waste, and I think that that's more to like um, eminent domain type type behavior, right? Yeah. Um, the problem here is that so many people don't own property, so when you go in to change things, they kind of just kind of left them in the cold. I mean, that is one way to handle it. That's how you should handle it when people own but, property. But even if they don't own it, they're renters in the area. As long as they have a place to live and still attaches them to their same community, like Division and Paramore, closer to OBT, that area is still po- is, is, is still in poverty. Mm-hmm. They could have taken those sections and just like the way they all these corporations and, and, and private companies bought out Paramore and, and Division, the areas in Division, they could have also bought out the areas right outside torn those down and made new apartments and new and new housing for the people that got displaced and the people that they were removing from those areas and created opportunities for them to stay in their own community take advantage of the of the benefits from the new gentrified community mm-hmm. and still have affordable housing in the area that they've been in for generations I, hear that. I, like, I like that idea the problem is I think that so many people independently own these sections in this land that it's hard to go back and retroact Retroactively redo things, but it, but know? it isn't hard for for the government to require companies who want to invest in the area to also buy property adjacent to the I area agree. for housing. That's a good idea. I agree. They did that before back in the day. That's a thing that was done before. So yeah, it's it's just it's just like I'll, I'll give an example. The the, did the that in Detroit back the, in the, day. the dealership yeah. I, the dealership group I work at. They acquired a dealer years ago, that was on property while it was getting built that had these things called sand skinks. This is, this is a story I was just told a few days ago. I had no idea what that sand skinks were a thing in Florida. But they're basically like lizards with no legs that live in sand. Mm-hmm. So these things are on the... Uh, they're not endangered, but they're like... Uh, what's the category right above? A oh, watch list. They're on, they're on some sort of watch list. So when you build somewhere where there's sand skinks, the government comes out and they lay down sand and, and, and two-by-fours basically with sand on them so they can see where, where the tracks the sand skinks left because, of course, they're like snakes, so they, they glide on the sand. And if they find skinks, then either two things happen. You don't get to build there, or you get to pay for land elsewhere where skinks can live, and hmm. no one can build. And that's what happened to these guys. They ended up having to pay for land. All the skinks that live on the property they were currently building at, yeah, who cares about those? Those got killed. But they had to... Yeah, it's, it's weird the way the policy works. Those got killed, but they had to buy land elsewhere where buildings can't cannot be built. Conservation area. They had to purchase conservation area and donate, donate it for the purpose of housing skinks. Hmm. I hear you. So, so I get if, it. So if we what, can do what that you, for animals, why can't we do that for people? What, what, is what, you, I'm what you're saying is help the other poor residents kill the ones that live there now, and then build on top of it. <laughs> Not exactly. Oh, oh, okay. I'm, I'm telling you the way it worked for skinks. <laughs> but if, if if we can make corporations that are buying land. Abide by 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 policies like this, where they have to buy land elsewhere in order to use the land that they want to buy, or mm-hmm. or help pay for land elsewhere to to be able to use the land that they want to buy. We should be able to do that for people. I like that idea. That's a good one. You guys informed me a lot on the gentrification issue, some good ideas, and just a lot of other stuff. So I appreciate the conversation per normal. But this is just one of those things where I had to take a back seat, and you guys did a great job of uh, being my Uber. <laughs> uh, but with that being said yeah, I'm taking the longest route <laughs> Making yeah. all the money baby You gotta pay me <laughs> Do you guys got any closing thoughts? Do you have any time to do any extra topics? What do you guys want to do to end it up? I think it's been a great podcast I'm really excited about it I do plan on posting this on uh, the Essential News Discussion Facebook page And of course you can always go to EssentialNewsDiscussion.com To see all the well, different content we, we, we have We did mention earlier that we wanted to Kind of throw a little little yam topics in here So Let's go. Your art is a mirror. You're up. Are we talking about Bill Burr? 
We could talk sure. about Bill Burr, whatever and entertainment the most news you want. SNL monologue of all time. Yeah, introduce that for us. Um, he's under fire right now because I guess he said some things about him not knowing what Pride Day was in New York, and that Karen's Jack, um, <laughs> the, was it Black Lives Movement, right? Mm-hmm. They did. Yeah. Did you? Man, which they is did, I, and also he said that. Yeah, which is where I could play the video, but I guess there's no way to do that. Um, I'll I'll go ahead and I'll post that on a Central News discussion on the Facebook page, and um, you can see some of the uh, comments that were made in the New York Post, as well as um, maybe some links to I think some social media. Uh, pushback that Bill Burr got but in all honesty it was a great uh, monologue for SNL especially considering SNL tends to have its uh, left leaning uh, tendencies which is not a problem but uh, Bill Burr who I think did a good job of appealing to both sides um, was attacked by the left and um, he brought up cancel culture on his monologue and then sure enough he was attempted to be canceled yeah I knew it was coming too Uh, um I don't know, man. If you haven't seen Jay, isn't Bill Burr a liberal himself? That's what I'm saying. He's super. That's what made it so funny. I wouldn't say he's super liberal, but I do think he leans to the left. Yeah, it's clear he leans to the left, but I wouldn't say he's super liberal. It was pretty funny. I don't want. I don't want to. I don't want to butcher any of these jokes. No, go ahead. Go ahead and butcher away. I mean, I I just, I just think it's funny how how they're so quick to cancel even one of their own just because he said a few things that that were against their their mantra or their or their agenda. That's he, he. That's one of your own. You know, the best part of the whole thing was the awkward uh, laughter from the audience. Like they didn't know they didn't want to laugh, so it kind of like every every joke took like a like a three second pause. Was that the one we was talking about? How um, he goes, how gay people have thirty days in June, but he yeah. said they haven't even been enslaved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, hey, what do you that, say? He said black people. He said black people get tw- get twenty eight days in February, the coldest. The coldest days, darkest nights, and something like yep. that. <laughs> yeah, he 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 actually did a really good job. So Sterling currently pulling up the video. Uh, I'm not going to play it. I'm gonna, just going to post it right now. So uh, by the time this airs, you will be able to see it on Essential News discussion. It's hilarious. So, so there you guys go. You guys got to witness live the way the magic happens at the Essential News discussion uh, Facebook page and website. You get you heard the clicks, you heard the action, you have witnessed a living legend in Sterling Brown sharing articles from another news site. Yeah, that's one hundred percent accurate. <laughs> oh, also feel free to reach out. Uh, I've actually had a couple people that don't have the same viewpoint as me reach out. Um, I have the benefit on a central news discussion to have half of the people that um um I know you know personally from high school, college after that work experience, all of that. And um, they don't hesitate to reach out to me and that's perfectly fine. That's what I want because when you have that personal relationship, um, that's how you're able to have conversations that are going to be more beneficial. So even if you don't know me from before and you want to reach out to me after the fact, please do because there's some people that comment more regularly and um, I think I might start giving them some shout outs on the podcast as I look to um, relate the two a little bit more closely, the Facebook page and the podcast and, um, you know, that that's pretty much all I wanted to say. And uh, I'm working on finalizing this post right now while I talk, so I apologize if the uh, the what I'm saying does not make uh, all the sense in the world. But it's been officially posted now. I took an excerpt from the article that kind of encapsulated what I was hoping to say. She just copied it from um, the entertainment page. It's already on there. Ah. Everett with a great idea. Uh, my apologies, but uh, we'll work on doing that more so in the future. Everett, um, your art is a mirror. 
Uh, we talked about that earlier. Please, everybody, go to essentialnewsdiscussion.com backslash entertainment or your art is a mirror. Y underscore A underscore I underscore A underscore M underscore. Yep. And the Your Art is a Mirror podcast was set to air about seven episodes ago. <laughs> hey, hey, one step at a time. We just got the logo up. It's got to be good. It's going to be a music podcast, so it won't be like news, though. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, won't, I volunteered I won't my, my uh, services to be part of the first episode. I don't want to be on the show itself, but I, I do want to be on the inaugural show just because I'm excited to see what what Your Art is a Mirror's podcast has to offer. And hey, don't tell everybody what it looks like, but man, doesn't that logo look nice? Yeah, it's black. That looks good up there. It's black. Oh, oh. <laughs> Everett, edit that out. <laughs> no, it actually looks very good. Uh, and and if you guys want to see, please visit the entertainment section of EssentialNewsDiscussion.com or you can visit any of his social media platforms on Your Art is a Mirror and you guys know how that's spelled. Y underscore A underscore I underscore A underscore M. Yeah, I practice too. <laughs> yeah, um, your art is a mirror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but we like yeah, game. Yeah. I know, but it's whatever, man. Anyway, <laughs> either way, it's great content, and yeah. um, it's only gonna get bigger from here. And uh, what I'm really excited about, honestly, is after the um, uh, election, uh, we're gonna be able to dive into some of these things that we're really passionate about ourselves. I mean, for me, it's sports. So I mean, like I was talking with Everett and Jose earlier, and they indulged me in talking about some of the football action that was going on. So um, we'll work on getting our sports uh, podcast page up. Um, hopefully, Everett lets me host his uh, Your Art Is a Mirror podcast page, which will be coming soon. And um, Jose will be involved here and there on additional podcasts where it's necessary. But as always, he'll always be here on uh, Essential News Discussion. This is my baby, y'all. I'm gonna be here always. <laughs> so um, it, it got what, Sterling's name on it, but I drive. Exactly, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> and maybe we'll do one in Spanish, and I'll just sit here and I'll say, "See, si. nah, dog, I'm on. I'm on. I'll just, I'll let Ever do the Spanish version." Uh, but with that being the said, Spanish I'm gonna go version. ahead and sign off for tonight. I'm all, I'm all tapped out, and I appreciate you guys. <laughs> all right, guys. So I, that that was Sterling signing off. This is Jose signing off, and Everett signs off too. This is Everett signing off. Don't, don't, hey, don't do that. <laughs> signing off. <laughs>